Welcome to Mind Reading's Experts in Conversation podcast series. This project explores the patient experience through the prism of literature and personal narrative to inform self-care, patient-centered care and practice. It's animated by the question of whether doctors and patients speak the same language and how we can use narrative to bridge the evident gaps. Mind Reading began as a collaboration between UCD Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, the Diseases of Modern Life Project and the University of Birmingham, and has since expanded to include colleagues across the UK and Ireland, including UCD School of English Drama and Film. Our intended activities comprise a series of explorations around the central theme of literature and mental health and function as independent events, but are brought together by their intent to explore the best ways of drawing on the insights of historical and literary research in contemporary medical practice, especially in the field of mental health. So this series brings together some of the key themes of the 2020 conference, which we had to postpone, and is brought to you by the Humanities Institute at UCD and RCPI Archives. Today's episode is entitled Written on the Body, Eating Disorders and Narrative. My name is Dr. Claire Hayes-Brady of the School of English Drama and Film at UCD. So our last speaker on this episode, Written on the Body, Eating Disorders and Narrative, is Aoife Murray. Aoife is Programme and Events Manager at Children's Books Ireland and has been since 2011. Prior to this, she worked in public relations and holds an MPhil in popular literature from Trinity College Dublin. Children's Books Ireland's mission is every child is a reader. Through their many activities and events, they aim to engage young people with books, foster a greater understanding of the importance of books for young people, and act as a core resource for those with an interest in books for children in Ireland. So we're delighted to have Aoife here to talk to us today. Aoife, welcome. Claire, thanks again for having me. I'm really glad to be here today. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Children's Books Ireland and what we do um, and where we have different resources and projects that might be of interest to your to your listeners um, and maybe further afield. We are the National Organisation for Children's Books. Um, it's a small but very busy organisation. You'll see how busy we are in a little while when I get to talk about our projects. Um, we have a, a fairly wide remit. Um, when we talk about children, we're talking about zero to 18 years. Um, so everything we do almost everything we do will run the gambit um, between uh, picture books the whole way up to young adult or YA novels. Um, we, our core funder is the Arts Council of Ireland and we're also funded by membership and we work with lots of corporate and other partners for individual projects. Um, like you said, Claire, um, our mission is Every Child a Reader, which we're really proud of and think um, sort of really cements exactly what we're trying to do um, as clearly as possible. So there's a few projects we work on that are of most interest, but to kind of give you an idea of how broad our remit is and the different things we do, I'm going to kind of run through a few others first with a little bit of detail. Um, so we run um, and facilitate events for children, zero to 18, as I said. Also events for adults. Um, I suppose we use that, that phrase gatekeepers, uh, whether you consider that a positive or a negative, a negative term. So booksellers, librarians, parents, publishers, et cetera, et cetera, um, and also events for creatives themselves, the authors and illustrators. We offer professional development for those people, for children's authors, illustrators, storytellers. Um, at the moment with COVID, we're trying our best to sort of act as a fulcrum for a, a social element, a social outlet for children's authors and illustrators. We've been holding um, an art a children's artist coffee morning every third week uh, since July. I don't think we realise how long they'll be running on for. Um, but we uh, try our best to see where there are professional development gaps for those people and try and address them. Um, we provide printed and online resources for parents, schools, librarians, for children themselves. I'll get to that a little bit later on. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, we publish three times a year a magazine called Inish which is a really high quality production with in-depth features, interviews and reviews of new books for children. Um, I suppose a key element of what we are focused on and interested in is parity of esteem for children's books. Um, so in it, 
um, as a magazine feeds into that. Another project of ours that addresses the parity of esteem issue um, is celebrating the quality of Irish children's books. So a big project every year is our Book of the Year Awards. They're currently called the KPMG Children's Books Ireland Awards. They're our partner on that and they um, mark excellent excellence in Irish children's books um, and one of the things we're really proud of that goes alongside our awards process is a shadowing scheme which is really really key in highlighting the voice of the child when it comes to books that are published for them um, I suppose one thing when we talk about children not so much young adults teenagers and young adults but for children specifically um, when you're reaching out to young to children of a certain age you have to remember that they they don't necessarily have the purchasing power and those gatekeepers are always in the way um so having a shadowing scheme for an awards system that's decided by adults is really beneficial for us and i think beneficial for the voice of the child generally when it comes to their opinions on books and the quality of books available to them and we run an annual international conference i shouldn't really say it's annual because we were scuppered last year with covid and probably will be again this year um but generally we run an annual international conference um, which is a huge highlight on our calendar. It's a conference for adults. Um, it attracts everyone involved in the Irish children's books community and, and people from abroad. And we programme uh, Irish speakers and speakers internationally, creatives, publishers, booksellers, anyone really related with children's books who has something really interesting and innovative to say about children's books. Um, another major part of what we do is advocacy. So we are the administrator partner on the Laureate Nano project, which is an Arts Council initiative which honours an artist of exceptional talent and commitment. So the current laureate in Anoga is Ani Neeklin, who's an Irish language author. Um, and her work is around championing and celebrating literature for children and young people and inspiring the next generation of writers. Um, so the Laureate Nuno project is really high profile one for us and one we're extremely proud of. Um, and really we, we believe hammers home the importance of books for young people and especially in uh, Anya's term, uh, the importance of quality Irish language books for young children for young people, excuse me. Um, and we also have an international element to what we do, which is attending the Bologna Children's Book Fair in Italy every year. Again, you know what I'm going to say, who's covered by COVID the last couple of years. But generally, we're there um, championing, the, championing the Irish element um, in Bologna um, to, us, to whoever will listen to us from across the world. And another major part of what we do that has been formalised a bit more structurally lately is book gifting. Um, not every child in Ireland has comes from a home where there are lots of books. Not many children come from homes where there are any books. Um, so our book gifting um, schemes with various partners, including corporate partners, is by reaching out to schools um, around the country where there mightn't be a culture of reading or there might be a culture of reading, but no access to actual books. Um, so our book gifting projects um, try and empower those schools and those children um, and bring books into their lives. Books that they're really going to enjoy, not something that they feel is something they have to read for school and that's something else I should say is when we say every child a reader we don't mind what they're reading <laughs> it's not a prescriptive um didactic approach to reading it's really about um reading for pleasure just picking up a book it doesn't matter what book as long as it speaks to you and you enjoy doing it um, so some of the projects specifically I'd like to go into a bit more detail on that I think would be are of relevance to this discussion um, I'm going to talk about now. So the first one is Bold Girls. Um, this was a project we did in 2018 to celebrate the centenary of women's suffrage in Ireland. Um, the idea was to put together a project that celebrates strong, confident, intelligent, brave women and girls in children's books, giving them much needed visibility alongside their male counterparts, I suppose. 
uh, a big example of this is some, someone, a character like Hermione Granger in Harry Potter, who I don't know if anyone has noticed, but she's the one who does all the work <laughs> and all the thinking. But it's Harry who gets a lot of the credit. Um, so we kind of wanted to look at books and highlight those books that do exist that celebrate strong um, girl and women characters. So at the core of that project was a reading guide, an A5 printed, very attractive booklet um, that contained short reviews of books um, where girls and women are doing things that are interesting. Um, we also um, shared that project and we had, a, we had some um, academic resources and also resources for teachers to use in the classroom. Um, so that was uh, something we were really, really proud of, really happy to get the opportunity to work on um, in 2018. We partnered with Dublin UNESCO City of Literature and we partnered with uh, KPMG, who are a great partner for us, Trinity College Dublin, Dublin City University um, and the National Women's Council of Ireland are also um, advisory on that. Um, so those resources still exist on our website, www.childrensbooksireland.ie and they are the type of resources that people return to again and again. Potentially in a couple of years time, it might need a bit of an update because it spanned um, the spectrum from classics um, the whole way up to very recently published books. So since 2018, many, many uh, excellent books about uh, girls and women doing interesting things have been published. Another ongoing thing I wanted to talk about was um, our reading lists on our website, um, most especially Mind Yourself. So every year, Children's Books Ireland, one of our printed resources that I mentioned briefly earlier is a printed reading guide. And we produce these every year and they're launched um, September, October time. They're generally not themed. They're generally um, a look at the best children's books published in the previous year, divided up by age groups. You can uh, flick through it and find the age group of the, for the young reader in your life. And it'll contain short reviews of the best books published in the previous year for those different age groups. Last year, it being a year like no other, uh, 2020, um, we decided to publish a themed version this time. So we called it Mind Yourself and we described it as a first aid kit for worries, sadness, loneliness, anxiety and any number of feelings that a young reader might want to explore. Um, and we hope that for young readers there was relief and solace in seeing their lives reflected on the page. And something Emily mentioned earlier and also um, Elizabeth mentioned um, around finding reflections of your reality in books really kind of resonated with me. Um, Liz, you mentioned this idea of isolation being a key um, describing word when it comes to living with an eating disorder. And that's one of the areas that we included in the Mind Yourself Reading Guide. And I suppose, Emily, when you said that a lot of respondents to your survey reported that when they're reading specifically about eating disorders, that mightn't be the most helpful thing for them. But I wonder if they approached it from the idea of isolation and read a story about a person who's experiencing isolation in some other context, um, whether that might be a more helpful tool in, in recovery and in um, in empathizing. So as we know, reading for pleasure has a huge role in um, making us empathetic. And as you said, Liz, stories are powerful, incredibly powerful. So some of the topics we included in the Mind Yourself Guide were understanding feelings and emotions, I suppose. And again, these are books from, from the very, very, very youngest picture books for the very youngest readers, the whole way up to young adults. Um, worry, stress and anxiety, fears and phobias, grief and loss, sadness, low mood and depression, relationship with self, lifelong conditions, body image, well-being, body confidence, grief, inclusivity and representation. So all sorts of topics that we know there's great books out there about, maybe tangentially, maybe specifically. And we know that a young person can pick this up 
um, flick to the section that's appropriate for their age group and find something that is going to speak to them and help them through and be a difficult time they're going through. Um, supporting the Mind Yourself Reading Guide are many, many other reading lists available on our website, again, childrensbooksireland.ie. Um, lots of very specifically themed reading lists. Um, a few off the top of my head, Overco Overcoming Fears and Positive First Experiences are ones that people might find especially useful, but there's all sorts there from funny books to sports books to any number of things that we know young readers might pick up. Our, our entire aim is that a young person will pick it up, try something, maybe try a new book and find something they really, really love and something that hooks them into a lifetime of reading because we feel that having a habit of reading in your life, I think pe people generally know there's huge positive outcomes in terms of uh, life choices and chances and opportunities, but we think there's a huge benefit in terms of mental um, resilience as well. Another project um, and one we absolutely love and have pivoted to digital, <laughs> that old phrase pivoting to digital has become so huge the past couple of years, um, is the Children's Books Ireland Book Clinic. And you'd be glad to hear that's the last project I want to talk about today because I know it's a lot of information. Um, so the book clinic began in 2012 um, and how it started was we found that we were meeting a lot of teachers and meeting a lot of young people, students, children together in the classroom. We weren't necessarily interacting with individual children and we were finding it difficult to reach out to families and we wondered what we could do to kind of address that. So we come up with this idea of the book clinic. So we have a, a team of book doctors. Uh, some of them are booksellers, some are authors themselves, some are librarians, some are researchers, some of them have um, PhDs in children's books. Very knowledgeable, well-read, extensively read um, across the spectrum. Um, so we put together a panel of book doctors. They, they show up at a book clinic, they're wearing a white coat. They sit down um, and they have a consultation with the child for 10 or 15 minutes. They talk about if the book of the child is a reader, books they've liked, books they haven't liked can be a more helpful um, indication. If they're not a reader, sports they like, stuff they like to look at online, whatever it might be, things that interest them, their passions. Um, and the book doctor will write up a prescription for book, a book or books that they know the child is going to love. Um, the book prescription comes in a reading passport. The idea is the child takes this printed passport with them and there's lots of activities that will encourage them to continue their relationship with books and maybe forge a relationship with their local librarian or independent bookseller. Um, yes, again, you know what I'm going to say, COVID <laughs> came along. Um, so we've had to make some changes to our book clinic, which has been absolutely for the better. Um, as much as we can in the past couple of years. Obviously, we'd love to be in real life, but it's per turn out better than we thought it could be digitally. And we've moved a lot of our clinics onto Zoom. And um, so children can click on a Zoom link with their, their parent or guardian in the room and chat to the book doctor. And again, get that individual um, book prescription that's written just for them. Um, again, this goes back to the voice of the child as well. At the book clinic, it's really important that we find out what it is that the child themselves actually really enjoys reading, not what they think their teacher wants them to read or what their granny buys for them who they think they're going to enjoy, but really finding something that speaks to them, be it a graphic novel, be it um, something that their parent might think initially from the outset, perhaps potentially is a little bit grown up for them. Um, but we want to find that one book again, that's gonna continue them on, on a lifetime of reading. Um, I should say the book clinics are always free of charge. We have um, uh, a drive and an interest in, in being inclusive and being available to all. And, hence um, the lack of charge for those and then also we're um, more recently working with um, 
partners to provide a training for our book doctors in order to make those book clinics as, as inclusive as possible. So we've worked with the National Council for Blind, the Blind of Ireland, um, with Dyslexia Ireland, with As I Am, which is the charity for autism. And we're to, uh, hoping now over the next couple of months to roll out book clinics where we can invite absolutely anybody along and know that the experience of the book clinic is going to be as positive for every child as, as it can be. Um, we're extremely active on social media and people can find us on Instagram, on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we're always talking about our projects and always interested to work with new people and find out new ways of reaching more young readers.